Preet Banerjee is here to bring some rays of sunshine to the table, <laughs> personal finance commentator, fun, founder of Money Gaps. Before we get to your own fascinating uh, article about AI and scams, I want to talk about some of the day's big stories, including the fact that the polls, I mean, they just appear to be locked. It looks like Olivia Chow is unstoppable. She is at 35, 36% in every vote or every poll. And then the next closest people are in the mid-teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look like even with the statistical margins of error wouldn't cover those gaps, meaning that it sure looks like a lock at this point that Olivia Chow will be Toronto's next mayor. I think maybe all that's left at this point is to see how low voter turnout will be, because historically, especially when it looks like the race is a lock, if there's an incumbent or if there's such a sizable gap, People don't tend to bother voting, which in and of itself is interesting, because if you have fewer people voting, then the margins of error actually increase and you could see some upsets. But the lead is so big, it seems very unlikely. Okay, so we have a couple of endorsements for what they're worth. Uh, one question I didn't get to with Rob Davis, which you know some people might have thought was rude, but worth asking. Uh, Rob Davis was on with us earlier this morning. He dropped out of the race last night and endorsed Anthony Fury. But I have to think, you know, how many votes are you really bring to the party? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think most people probably have the same question. Who? I mean, you know, there's 102 candidates for for mayor. And if unless you have one of the top five that are making an endorsement, recognizing that, listen, Chow's basically got this locked up unless someone takes the hero move and, you know, throws their weight behind someone else. Um, So we're talking Saunders, Matlow or uh, Bailau. I don't think any of them are going to do that. So unless you have a really big name making an endorsement, an endorsement in and of itself at this point seems to be worth, you know, maybe a few hundred votes. Okay, and the other endorsement is the fact that the Premier put a Mark Saunders sign on his front lawn and then appeared almost sort of sheepish yesterday and tried to maintain that he wasn't really putting his finger on the scale, but by the way, he's voting for Mark Saunders. Let's listen. So I have the right, like anyone else, to uh, put a sign on my lawn. I put Mark's uh, sign on my lawn. I'm proud to have his sign on, on the lawn. But again, I, I tell everyone... Uh, I'll be voting for Mark, but vote whoever, you know, whoever you want to vote for. Uh, That's your choice. That's not up to me or anyone else to tell you who to vote for. Uh, That's just my opinion. Uh, He'd be the best mayor. And it's probably a pretty powerful endorsement, Preet. I think it could be. Um, I don't think it's inconsequential. But at the same time, there's probably going to be a lot of overlap for people who are leaning towards voting for Mark Saunders that maybe voted for Ford because they have a lot of alignment. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, the premier would put his lawn sign on his lawn because Chow's platform is quite opposed to a lot of his policies. And, you know, if you're thinking about how easy is my job going to be for the next couple of years, you try to maybe supporting someone who's very much aligned to you. So various um, cities have gotten into the business of renaming streets or putting up honorary signs in order to fly up the nose of people. For example, uh, I think it's in Ottawa that the street that the Russian embassy is on, they have dedicated to Ukraine. And now the city of Ottawa has installed a tribute to Masa Amini outside of the the, uh, Iranian embassy. Two things here. First of all, Amini is the woman who was arrested for not wearing her hijab properly and ultimately died in police custody, and that sparked riots in Iran. Uh, But the other point here, Preet, would be the Iranian embassy has been unoccupied for 10 years, so I'm not sure that anybody's taken a memo in Tehran. 
Right. Yeah, it, it is unoccupied for what almost 10 years, I think it is. So while I think it may be more symbolic as opposed to really thumbing their nose to anyone who's actually going to see it representing uh, Iran, I think that, you know, it does demonstrate solidarity, which we're seeing around the world because, you know, this was an atrocious murder of this woman who was just uh, opposing, you know, um, the oppression faced by women in that regime and the human rights records in, in general. So the more you sort of shine shine the light on what's going on there, hopefully it helps speed up the movement because they are people watching what's going on around the world in Iran. So I, I don't think it's meaningless. Um but I, I don't think it's going to move the needle overnight either. I'm quite preoccupied by scams because my parents were scammed at one point, but that was a very sophisticated affair. A lot of other scams are just, you know, phishing. Like I got a bogus bill from Bell the other day offering me the chance to pay it online. I went to my Bell account and the bill, of course, didn't show up because it was a bogus bill. Uh, mm -hmm. But you've written a column in the Globe and Mail about how AI is now enhancing some of these scams, making them even harder to detect. Yeah, and uh, there's a very familiar scam known as the grandparent scam, and it basically is uh, it's a numbers game where scammers will call people just randomly and say something like, Grandpa, is that you? I'm in trouble. Not revealing their name, not revealing that they actually don't know what your grandchild's name is or that you even have a grandchild. But enough people will pick up the phone and say, Madison, is that you? And then they say, you know, I need money immediately and I can't get a hold of mom or dad. And if, you, if I can't pay this bill in 30 minutes, I'm going to jail or something. And so it relies on urgency and the protectiveness of a grandparent. They'll act and sometimes transfer large sums of money. And they've been completely scammed. And now the technology has advanced to the point where not only can people sort of target, you know, individual names because we put so much out on social media, because we put out so much on social media, we can train AI with people's voices to make it sound exactly like their actual grandchildren. Um, yeah, I know you sent some audio along. What is this? Yeah, so this is the technology that is used to clone people's voices. And if we play it, you'll see just how good it's become. Okay. Listeners may have heard of the grandparent scheme before. This is a scam that targets an older adult where the fraudster poses as their grandchild who is in need of cash right away because they are in trouble and can't get a hold of their parents. The success rate is low, but it works enough that scammers just use the shotgun approach, calling as many people as they can, hoping to find someone to fall victim to the scam. But now, voice cloning technology using AI is being used to exactly replicate the voices of anyone, meaning that it can be much, much harder to detect the scam. Okay, so that's you as generated by AI. What did you have to do to produce that? Not a lot. I sent in a copy of an old podcast that I had, I had recorded. Uh, the software trained itself on that podcast. And then I just had to type in everything that you heard there. So I never said those words. I just typed it into an interface as simple as using a word processor. And in 10 seconds, it generated that, including some of that inflection in tone yeah. and the cadence in the speech. It's come a, a long, long way. And, you know, in a few more months, it's going to be completely indistinguishable from the real thing. And well, as Dame Edna would say, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That is, uh, that is I, I won't say you're freaking me out, but uh, I know there's a lot of people listening saying, well, see, John Moore, you won't be doing radio anymore. Well, somebody had to put that text in. Um, <laughs> right. But pre people can still find this uh, column, this feature online at the Globe and Mail, right? 
Yeah, that's right. And it includes some tips on how you can combat this new technology. Thanks a lot. Good to have you. Thank you, John. That's Preet Banerjee. If you like what you hear, you can find out more at his website, Money Gaps.